What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi. And unfortunately, Dr. Wes Hendricks could not make today. So we got um, Dane Gifford standing in. So we are going to talk about all things health related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as get into all sorts of terrible health misinformation. I have a feeling we're going to get into a lot of it today because we got Nate, who works with us, who's a physical therapist and strong man. He is now the Hold on, I want to get it right. Yeah. Palmetto's strongest human. <laughs> Palmetto State's strongest man. Strongest man. Yeah. Under, yeah. under 181. Under 181. Yeah. yeah. You got to put an asterisk on that, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Nate uh, has his doctorate in physical therapy. Nate um, works with us here at Made to Move, does the majority of the patient care, is uh, I call him the, the, the needle master, among other things. So, um, yeah. So, as we do with everybody else, maybe just get into a little bit of your background, how you got into physical therapy, how mm-hmm. you decided to lift things up and put them down. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I'll start at the beginning. So uh, I was this little the, fetus. Yeah, <laughs> I was the littlest baby. Um, I was like four pounds when I was born, actually. Like really? Yeah, oh, just wow. Tiny. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, couldn't cry. I like, just squeaked. Uh, yeah, it's probably a little too far back. Yeah. Um, so I joined the Marine Corps out of high school as an Arabic linguist. And so I went to Monterey, California, um, learned Arabic. Uh, it was pretty cool. And then... Can you still speak Arabic? A little bit. It's been, I don't know, like 11 years now. No, nine years. Nine years now. Yeah. Right. Um, Use it or lose it, right? Yeah. That stuff goes I, away quick. But I'm sure if you yeah, got back in yeah. Arabia, then right. you would be... I was watching um, Jack Ryan on Amazon, actually, and uh, I could... Like I was catching glimpses of understanding. I was like, oh, cool. It's not, it's not all the way gone. People um, love that yeah, show. It's a yeah. good show. Sure. I yeah. liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so ended up stationed eventually in Augusta, Georgia on Fort Gordon, which is an army base. Um, and then I decided to migrate up to South Carolina for undergrad and then went to MUSC for my physical therapy degree. Um, and just kind of the whole reason for that, like I'd never been to physical therapy. Uh, never, I didn't go to the doctor a whole lot, but like I joined the Marine Corps because I wanted to like help and make a positive difference in the world. And then that didn't completely scratch that itch. And so I looked like, what can I do next? Um, like a healthcare type job seemed good. Uh, looked into being a doctor, actually initially signed up my undergrad degree in pre-pharmacy and panicked the day of and was like, no, I'm not doing this. Good call. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to work. Not that the pharmacists are awesome. No, no they are. Yeah. The pharmaceutical yeah. world Worked is you know, really hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, didn't want to do med school for kind of the same reason. Like just, I wanted a life outside of the job too. And so, and it's just so much school. It's it like is a minimum of yeah seven years of post-grad. Post-grad. Yeah. Right. It's, four it's years. just a lot. Yeah. I'd still be like in my residency or whatever. Right. Um, but then I found out exercise science was a degree and I was like, yeah, exercise science. <laughs> yeah. What can I do with this physical therapy? So that's kind of how I got into it. How did you get um, into exercise in the first place? Um, I just always wanted to be strong. I think like I did, I did cross country and track in high school, um, sprints and track and then cross country is cross country. Um, but I always was more drawn to the weight room. Um, 
think like I was 14 when I bench pressed the first time, got a real solid 85 pounds, like right arm locked out before the left arm kind yeah, of thing. Um, like I, I can remember like when I was like five, six years old, I wore my Superman pajamas to bed every night. So I, I figured if I was really faithful, I'd get those Superman powers. <laughs> Just get super strength. That's but, awesome. Yeah. Where are you, you mentioned high school. Where was high um, school? Uh, Conifer High School in Colorado. So conifer our mascot was the lobos the, the spanish lobos. word for wolf yeah nice. wolves. I don't know. lobo I don't know is spanish, a, yeah. um i'm about to nerd out right now lobo is a DC enemy comics. of yeah. superman in comics mm-hmm. he's like a bounty hunter yeah full yeah. circle superman uh pajamas <laughs> yeah 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 interesting yeah, yeah. So Colorado, when uh, mm-hmm. when did you leave Colorado exactly? Uh, 2004, graduated and joined the Marine Corps. Um, I think, yeah, September I joined the Marine Corps, so it was a few months after I graduated. But. And so you're pretty much self-taught when it comes to like exercise science up into the point of yeah. school? Like you didn't do any personal training or any like formal? Didn't do any personal training. Um, I've just, I've lifted for a really long time. So initially, um, right at, like in high school, it was like bench pressing curls every day, you know, the really important lifts. Didn't, didn't want to work legs because I ran, so that was enough for my legs. But. Oh man, God, I thought that forever. <laughs> yeah. Part of me still thinks that, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in the Marine Corps, I uh, made friends with this guy who, uh, he played a lot of World of Warcraft and he just did a lot of that. And then one day he decided I'm going to level up in real life instead. So he started going to the gym every day and he just, he went from like this kind of scrawny, guided and norm and i think now he had like great genetics for it it was, it was impressive but i started lifting with him um he got me more into actual lifting and then while i was deployed to iraq in 2007 i picked up a muscular development magazine like jay cutler was on the cover and it's like cool <laughs> i was just a real a real person i'd watch like pumping iron with arnold and all that of course um, yeah. like that more modern day bodybuilder i was like holy crap this is insane. So I started wanting to be a bodybuilder and then decided I didn't want to diet. So I got into powerlifting because I liked being strong. Um, and then from powerlifting kind of got bored with that. So I bought a uh, log, like a strongman log off the internet in 2000, say like 2013. Um, just to play so where are you in 2013? Are you in? So I was in, or? I was in um, Greenwood, South Carolina going to school okay. undergrad. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. So I got a log and I was like, just, you know, just to have fun with it. Um, start doing that. And then I moved here. Because normal people buy a log to have right. fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I moved here in 2016 to go to MUSC and I moved, I lived like a quarter of a mile from a low country strength in, inside of Charleston Krav Maga. And uh, they have all the cool strongman equipment, yoke and stones and giant circus dumbbell and all that kind of stuff. So uh, the guy that owns all that, who brought it in, Jeff Sweet, um, shout out to start talk- yes, shout out to Jeff, uh, start talking to him and he's like, you know, he's like six foot five, 300 pounds, giant beard, shaved head, but just the nicest guy ever. And he, uh, helped me learn how to do strongman and stuff. So I started competing in that in 2016. Um, what do you think? Like, so you, you got the strongman stuff, you're mm-hmm. going to PT school. Like, how do you feel like those worlds collided or how do you feel like, and we'll dig into it here. You mm-hmm. can be as honest as you want to were are the regular physical therapy students understanding of what exercise and mm. strength is. Yeah. So even, so I guess for, for me personally, like kind of breaking that down into two parts, they collided because I hurt myself a lot. Um, and that's just like, it's not, necessarily like, that, yeah, it's not yeah. necessarily like strong man by itself may not be that risky, but I, I train like an idiot sometimes. And so, you know, part of that was like, I need to be able to fix myself if I'm going to continue to injure myself. Yeah. Um, or understand how to not get injured too. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, even in, 
so like a direct undergrad exercise science degree, like doesn't really prepare you for personal training. I feel like they don't do a lot of teaching you how to do that. Um, there is some good like physiology, biomechanics stuff in there, but that wasn't that great. And it was really like, you have to kind of delve into it on your own. And I just became really, really interested in the science behind it while I was an undergrad. Um, so you just did a lot of research on your own. Yeah. Who yeah. were the influencers there? Um, did you like do a deep dive on as far as like getting a lot of your information? Oh gosh. I don't know. Just kind of, kind of everyone. I started looking at the uh, strength and conditioning research journal. Um, mm -hmm. So you look at actual research. You yeah, like talking. studies. You couldn't do it in, yeah. uh, you know, Men's Health Magazine. That's not yeah, the place yeah, that's to get the not, information. Okay. No, no. That's I mean, there's definitely, wanted, you know. Yeah, some of the, some of the really good modern researchers, uh, like Brad Schoenfeld, have like columns in Men's Health, but I think yeah. they. And uh, Greg, right? Greg I don't know if Greg Knuckles. I don't know if he has a column. He has his own website. Greg, yeah, Greg Knuckles. Yeah, Greg like, Knuckles is awesome. By the follow way, follow him on yeah. social media, that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, he has a website. Um, stronger by science. Yeah. Uh, he's probably like my number one pick for like, if you want to learn about the science of lifting, probably go to his website. Yeah. He does um, some really cool stuff. Yeah. He's, and he's really, he does his best to be unbiased. He's very open about how he's interpreting things. And like, you could interpret it this way. I interpret it this way, but maybe it could be this. And he was on really uh, the clinical athlete so. podcast talking about gender differences yeah. as far as weight training mm -hmm. and stuff like yeah, that. He's doing his master's thesis on that. So, um, it's amazing. There is a difference. How deep you can go in that right. rabbit hole, man. Yeah. Just yeah, on absolutely. one little specific thing like that. Like you can just talk yeah. about that. You know, that's something that stood out to me from the first time I'm meeting Nate was, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think a little bit more research based. Um, I don't know. Like I, I find that you tend to not only just have the knowledge, but quote and, and mm -hmm. are able to pick out things and remember the nerd. research. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, that's a long winded way of saying yeah. Nate's a nerd. Uh, but, but yeah, it's it also like important too. like the research is really good. Right. And it, it's good to know the research, but if it contradicts what you see happening in front of your eyes in daily life, like there's probably either the research is being misinterpreted or it's a small piece of the big picture that, so like, you know, trainers generally, like maybe they have bro science, maybe people are throwing out bro science and like, you know, lift eight to 12 rep, reps for hypertrophy, bro, that kind of thing. Um, but it's, there's a reason they do it that way. And there's a reason it's been successful. Um, and so the research can help support that, but if you interpret it poorly and you end up just being like a research based zealot, then you're probably not going to get as good a results over time. I think right. yeah. like the real world has, you got to look at the real world. Right. Yeah. Research is a framework to, yeah. to help guide the next set of research or yeah. whatever the case. There's another rabbit hole. I mean, I've gone down all these rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah. Like they have yeah. one where like research is not a four legged stool. Mm. It's a cone. And like that cone becomes <laughs> yeah. closer because it makes sense. Right. So research should guide your, should guide your um, treatment. Mm -hmm. And then that you have another smaller cone that is that individual person who's standing mm -hmm. in front of you and their yeah. previous training modalities where they are now in their life and the cone gets kind of smaller mm -hmm. as like more anecdotal, anecdotal right. stuff that's happening yeah. right there in front of you. So it's true. Like you can't be a, just like you said, a zealot for just research. Mm -hmm. You can't be a zealot just for like, Oh, well, this works for me. I'm going to do this. The bro science you alluded mm -hmm. to it's everything that kind of comes together. Yeah. And I think the most important thing is treating the person who's in front of you. Yeah. Research is based on averages. And so for, for the most part, and so, you almost never get the average person coming into your clinic. You know, they're always at least a little bit one way or the other on that, on that bell curve of. We're all unique. Effect. That's so weird. Yeah. Nobody, nobody. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, if this works, keto works for me. It's going to work for everybody. If yeah. this, you know, 
eight to 12 works for me and mm. this periodization program, it's going to work for everybody else. It's, mm. that is 100%. Yeah. There are going to be, I mean, case. generally you would say like in general population, more volume is going to produce more like muscle growth over time. Right. But like there is going to be that person that one set is going to be it. And then if they do more than that, they're going to not get as good a results. And so that's really like, you have to take the person in front of you. And yeah. Yeah. That's why I like teaching principles and guidelines yeah. as opposed to set protocols, mm -hmm. because the analogy I like to use a lot in my practice is like, you can make strength gains. You can get better up to a point. Everyone has that one point where it's a huge drop off mm -hmm. and you want to get as close to that point as you can yeah. without going over. And that's your sweet spot. And if you can stay there, you're doing great. And it's the same thing with calorie consumption. Mm -hmm. You know, like you can probably cut calories as much as you want, but at some point your body's going to say, Oh crap, I'm starving. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to like, it's just right. how our bodies, our bodies are meant to adapt. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a protective. We conveniently yeah. remember that at certain times. And then yeah. we conveniently forget that certain times like when we're injured. Right. It's like, no, I'm not, I, my body can't adapt. I need somebody to come help me. Yeah. No, that's not necessarily the case. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I mean, I love geeking out on the strength conditioning mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so maybe let's talk a little bit about your treatment philosophy okay. now, right? So like mm -hmm. you have this lens, you went to PT school, you've done your own kind of training and now you've got to get patients in front of you. Like what kind of stuff do you, mm -hmm. do you focus on or what kind of stuff do you think works that maybe people who are listening to this should look for in a physical mm -hmm. therapist going forward? So my probably like one of my biggest things is pain science and like understanding where pain comes from and what it is. And like really regardless of what kind of injury you're experiencing, what kind of pain you're having, it's always a valuable tool to keep in mind for like, this is why pain is happening. Even if it's like someone comes in with a knife in their leg, there's still the pain science background is still why the pain is happening. And so just keeping in mind, pain is always just to like throw it out there on the podcast, but no, no, I was going to ask you for it. it. Yeah. Give me the elevator. So, yeah. yeah. So pain is always a protective response by your nervous system. It's an emotional response by your brain in response to what it believes to be a threat to your body and believes to be is really the key word there. So most of the time it's right. So, you know, you like stub your toe, sprain your ankle, knife in the leg, whatever. Um, there's obviously a threat to your body tissues. And so your brain creates this emotion of pain in order to make you deal with that threat. So it's a threat response. Um, this is bad. I yeah. should remove myself. Yeah, exactly. Life should be removed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And then I should, I should limp on this leg because it puts less force through the injured tissue. So, so the can tissue can heal up better than it would have otherwise. Um, you know, broken arm, you know, whatever kind of injury you have. Um, yeah. Don't put weight through this arm. My arm is broken. Yep. It'll get worse. Yeah. The problem is that over time there can become this chronic pain state where you had a tissue injury, your brain sensed that decided there was a threat the tissue injury healed up and your brain never really got on board with the threat being resolved. And we see it a lot in like low back and neck. Um, it can happen in any body part, but it's more common low back and neck. Yeah. What would be the um, reasons that somebody would have a continued pain signal? Because we do know, we do yeah. understand to help spur this conversation that, that the, that warning signal mm -hmm. and that threat and that tissue damage is just one mm -hmm. of these multiple areas that we still don't yep. fully understand that is causing the pain. So yeah. And so that's really like when you get into it, pain, there, there are a lot of things that play into pain. Just like if you think of it as any other emotion that your brain produces. So like, is there just one thing that makes you happy or are there a lot of things that make you happy? Like a lot of little things. Um, so there is like nociception coming from your tissues, which is just your, it's like nerve signaling coming from those tissues. It's not pain, but it's your signal sending an alert, your nerve, your tissue sending us an alert signal up to your brain saying, Hey, pay attention to something weird's going on here. Um, but then there are many, many other factors like, your stress level, um, your current mood, 
have you had this injury before what you expect out of this injury? Um, just all that kind of stuff, how you're sleeping, um, your, what your hormones are doing right now, all this stuff plays into it. And so all these things get amalgamated together in your brain to this big, just like mush of inputs and your brain takes all of the avail available information it can in order to make an informed decision about what's going on in the world and what's going on in your body. And so it doesn't just take that nociception um, and decide there's pain. It takes everything else. Yeah. So the, I mean, the biggest point to wrap that up is it's multifactorial, yeah. right? And so I'll have this conversation with patients and I've been talking, I've been thinking about this a lot mm -hmm. lately and they'll be like, well, is this pain all in my head? Mm -hmm. You know, technically, like, yes, technically, but yes, but all pain everywhere is technically yes. Right. But so, then how do you consolidate? Yeah. So I was like, oh, so I'm making this up. So if I just don't believe yeah. the pain's there, it's going to be gone. It's like, no, no, it's not a, it's not a conscious decision, right? So there, yeah. your brain's not fully under your conscious control. Your nervous system is not fully under your conscious control. And there's a reason it exists, right? Like, making you deal with this threat is important. It's just sometimes when you're in pain for long enough, those, those neural pathways that lead to pain discharge easier and easier and easier. And then your threshold for what should be painful drop goes from really high up where near it should be, which is close to tissue injury to really, really low, way far away from where tissue injury would be. Right. And so that's, ooh, I want to throw this out there. So there's no such thing. You get so a, excited. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no such thing as a pain tolerance. So, that does not exist. It's not a useful concept that exists. There's a stimulus tolerance that creates pain. So for some, some person, maybe that they might have a really high stimulus tolerance for this specific stimulus. So somebody might be able to exercise to the point where they throw up and they can tolerate so much of that stimulus that it takes a lot to get to them to the point where their body is like, no, we can't do this anymore. Right. Somebody might have such a high stimulus tolerance that like they can break a bone. I mean, I had a dancer that, had a broken bone in her foot and she continued to dance. Talk about diabetics and needles. Right? Yeah. There's one right there, right? Yeah. That the yeah. stimulus hasn't changed, right? Yeah. It's based off of all yeah. these and so the, factors. And so it's really a 10 out of 10 pain is a pain that you cannot tolerate. Like you can't have a 12 out of 10 pain, right? Nobody can tolerate a 10 out of 10 pain. That's It's going to maybe be different for everyone, but it's going to be a 10 out of 10 can't tolerate that. Yeah. It's the stimulus that gets you there that's important. So for some people that might legitimately be I open my eyes and it hurts my head so much that I can't tolerate this. Um, for some people, it's going to be, I fell off a five story building and I'm fine. You know, my leg, my leg is twisted around backwards. I'm not experiencing pain. I can tolerate the stimulus. And so that's really like putting it in the framework of a stimulus tolerance versus a pain tolerance, I think is helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I used yeah. to get patients all the time back in the insurance space practice. And it was just mm -hmm. to the team. It was typically chronic pain patients mm -hmm. and they come in and say, I just have a high tolerance for pain. And it was mm -hmm. just going, I mean, I wasn't even educated enough to even have that mm -hmm. conversation. It's a tough conversation to yeah. have just because mm -hmm. understanding that saying that and getting somebody to mm -hmm. actually understand it right. is super difficult. You didn't just stick them with a needle to find out how they responded. No, I should have. <laughs> yeah. And again, so like taking that as an example too, like some people might have a really right. high stimulus tolerance for like most yeah. things in life, like maybe they do walk around with a migraine and they can, they can tolerate that, but they will have a really low stimulus tolerance for like putting a needle in them. Yeah. You know? Muscular I mean, pain. A good example yeah, of maybe, these yes. chronic pain patients, mm -hmm. I could just smash them with right. manual kind of like mm -hmm. techniques where other people would be faced. But if I told them to do something as simple as like a chin tuck or mm -hmm. some sort of basic exercise, they're ability to tolerate that specific stimulus mm -hmm. was extremely low. So it's, yep. it's very context dependent. It's very activity dependent. It's very person dependent. Mm -hmm. And that's why that rabbit hole gets so. Yeah. I mean, I thought of like when you were talking about all the different inputs that are going into that uh, brain mush 
Mm-hmm. signal um that is is the the true pain signal is mm-hmm. is the psychological factor as well whether it's you know what the doctor has told them um what we tell them you know as as therapists and then also i, I think what they google right like mm-hmm. you know what inputs are they taking in yeah, oh well my back is hurt i can't do this because it says right here that that i can't right yep. and then the doctor said also that this is going to happen if I'm lifting. And so all of those yeah. now mm-hmm. start to play into the same yeah. psychological. That fear is, fear is a huge pain. motivator for experiencing pain. Like fear is one of the biggest predictors of chronic pain. Right. Yeah. And that's so when I originally brought that up, I wanted to get to this mm-hmm. and you just kind of circled back for me where they say, is this all in my head? Can I control this? And mm-hmm. why, you know, why can I experience pain when it's not actually tissue damage? Mm-hmm. And a really good analogy I thought was you ever watch scary movie? Yeah. Yep. Love it. How do you feel yeah. when somebody's about to get like killed or, you know, that like you have legitimate anxiety? Absolutely. Illegitimate. Is that threat real? Is, do you understand that it's a movie? Do you understand <laughs> that nothing bad is going to happen? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You definitely do. Like yeah. you're not in any real threat, but that, but the way the body is reacting mm-hmm. is real and doesn't make it any different. Yeah. So like, yeah, you're I still mean, getting that adrenaline release yeah. and like, prepared for that fight or flight response like your body's ready to go sure it doesn't know any just like stress level in general like you know we used to we get these stress responses because the saber-toothed tiger is about to eat Mm -hmm. us but now our boss yelled at us and we get the same exact stress response our body's a cop on the side of the road yeah Yeah. it it doesn't yeah yeah, definitely doesn't yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's just a movie but jack ryan nate's also a fugitive from the law yeah yeah Yeah, Um, no it just it's so interesting to me yeah but i guess so like kind of circling back around it's like pain science is a really big one and then basically everything i do i try and keep it in that framework of pain science and then um focusing on like creating tissue and nervous system adaptation to combat that and so like i it's always good to be stronger right but like there are some really really strong people that come in with pain even like chronic pain that don't necessarily have tissue damage And so like, did they, so getting stronger is always a good thing. Exercising is always a good thing, but it's not always the fact that getting stronger is going to help you get better. It's the doing exercises and desensitizing your nervous system is going to have that effect. And so you can like, how do we get out of this chronic pain state? How do we get it out of any pain state? It's decreasing the threat response by your nervous system. Um, Sometimes it's going to be waiting for the tissue to heal. If there is no waiting for the tissue to heal, then it's going to be, telling your nervous system, this is okay to do. And generally that's through exercise, but also you can supplement that with manual therapy type stuff. And so that's where I know there are a lot of people that nowadays that are really super not on board with manual therapy techniques. Um, and I think a lot of it is a really good point. Um, like you, you're not moving things around. Like when you pop someone's back, you're not putting something back in place, that kind of thing. Um, if all you do is manual therapy, you're not going to create a change for most people, but it can help desensitize the nervous system and make things more able to exercise. And it can really speed things up. And if you think about like most people that come into physical therapy, most, most injuries are going to fix themselves. If you just wait it out, like most low back pain goes away on its own, regardless of if you see a medical professional or not. People How do we even have a job, man? Right, right, right. yeah. Because right. we should speed it up. There's definitely a time. Yeah. Right? I think those studies show like one to two years after intervention yeah. or whatever. Like, well, so yeah, nobody wants component. I yeah. think yeah. the point is that the tissue itself mm-hmm. is going to heal, but what we're influencing is yeah. the neurological system and the brain. Yeah, we're trying to get you back to doing what you want to do faster, speeding than that process. Yeah, yeah, and 
just giving like some permission to, to do things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so creating, like having the strength and conditioning knowledge to be able to create a tissue adaptation um, that we want and then creating a nervous system adaptation in the framework of the pain science, I guess would be kind of the big, big yeah. picture. Yeah. Because we kind of understand so. that now we really understand, don't really understand. We basically mm. know that we don't know what manual therapy mm. does. Yeah. We don't know that it creates any kind of tissue change. Specifically. No. We so. do know that strength mm. conditioning can create tissue change change. If you lift mm. weights and you have osteoporosis, Mm-hmm. Your bones can get stronger, yep. right? Like we understand all this tissue change can mm-hmm. happen with the manual therapy. We, we just don't know what it does. We do know though, anecdotally at least, and through some studies that mm-hmm. if we do these manual therapies, that pain level can go down short term mm-hmm. and that can be beneficial. Yeah, and that's a because the more I do something and it's pain free, yeah. the more I'm likely to do it. Period. Exactly. No matter what anyone says, that's a true statement. And I think as long as we create the framework of. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't creating a tissue change. This is purely a short-term thing. Mm-hmm. And you set those expectations, which you already talked about. Yeah. Setting expectations is so important. It's the key. Yeah. And if you, so if you want to like overhead press and your shoulder really, really hurts and I can dry needle around your shoulder and make the muscles act a little bit more normal. And then you go and desensitize that nervous system. And then you can overhead press pain-free right after that. Then you're not reinforcing those neural pathways that lead to pain. You're less likely to end up with chronic pain and you're going to recover much, much more quickly. It's not going to make tissues heal faster. It's not going to do any of that, but it's going to speed things up. And that's why I like the dry needling, but it can really be any soft hit like massage, dry needling, lacrosse ball, foam roller. Yeah. In my opinion, I mean, manual therapy is all doing the same thing. It's creating a nervous system change. It's changing your nervous system's input to muscles in the area. And it's desensitizing things a little bit. I think the needles are probably the most potent stimulus for most people in that regards, uh, but not always. Um, but yeah, yeah, that I mean, non-responders. Like, yeah, all that. that's the thing. That's that's when I started yeah. to question things is when you know mm. you give somebody a drug and that drug happens mm. to be dry needling, and if you have people who don't respond to it, you're like, well, if this really works, everyone should just respond to yeah. it. You know, and and that's that was kind of the interesting part. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's um, when people ask me like, what should I focus on? Like, it's not really your manual therapy skills, your dry needling skills. Mm-hmm. It's more of like, what's our biggest tool in our tool belt? I yeah. think that educating the patient right. on yeah. this pain side stuff. Like by far that is our most powerful physical yeah. therapy mm-hmm. tool. Listening Period. right to the patient and yeah. trying to understand what their preconceived notion or what their, you know, their, their perception of what's mm-hmm. going on so that you can help. Cause if they don't trust the needles, or they don't believe it or they don't trust you as a therapist, yeah. then that's all going to come into play. Right. Yeah, and that's well. one of the most so, valuable things we can do is like give someone permission to do something like yeah. come in, my shoulder hurts. And that's what pain is supposed to do, right? It's supposed to make you not want to move the joint around for fear that, or the affected area around for fear that there's an injury while something might heal. But if you, if like we can go through and decide this isn't necessarily going to damage you, like, yeah, I'm going to give you permission to do this. Let's do it. And a lot of the time pain will just. Yeah. It'll go away just yeah. based off that. Again, yeah, that sounds now, crazy. Now there's not a threat response. Right. We've all seen it. Like, Hey, guess what? You can yeah. round your back and lift this. Oh yeah. That's, and it shouldn't that's hurt. a whole other rant. Yeah. And that's, yeah. but it can work. <laughs> Literally I've seen it work multiple times where yeah. we didn't really make any change besides just educating the patient. Because mm-hmm. like you said, that fear can yep. be such a stimulator and increase or decrease the mm-hmm. threshold depending on how you look at it. Yep. So much nerdiness. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we're good. That's probably a All lot right. for one person yeah, to consume, sorry. even in one. Not that's perfect. Yeah. You know, I mean, the bottom line is it's way more complex than we think. Mm-hmm. You probably need to move as often as possible in mm-hmm. a 
pain-free state. And then when mm-hmm. you, you know, you need some help, go freaking see somebody who knows what the heck they're doing as yeah. far as strength conditioning and pain science. So they're not going to yeah. give you false if, information. If you go to a physical therapist and all you do is stretches for six weeks, you're not, that's not doing anything. Right. You know, it's, yeah. That ultrasound and stretches are not going to fix anything unless it's placebo and it was going to get better on its own anyways. So that's, yeah. You know, yeah. look for someone that is making you work hard. Yeah. I mean, and more to that is like, like you said, when you're talking about exercise, it's like, well, okay. And I want to do a blog post on this. There's so many ways to alter an exercise or alter, you know, if having pain with shoulder mm-hmm. pressing, we can do less range of motion. We can press in different ways. Mm-hmm. We can use a dumbbell and you can just find all these ways to reinforce yeah. to and let the tissue yeah, heal. Like or work, let work around that threat response and yeah. ease into it from a different direction. And a lot of the time that threat response goes away. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. the main way I treat right now is mainly I, yeah. I do regressions and then I go back to a progression, regression, mm-hmm. progression. And that works 99.9% yeah. of the time. Yeah. 60% um, of the time. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> oh, anchor man. That's and yeah. when you said the knife thing, the first uh, thing I right. thought about yeah. was Ricky Bobby. <laughs> you can walk, man. Yeah. And he stabbed his own and he didn't even yeah. realize that he believed what he was doing. I mean, that, yeah. that was pain science, like to the T. Yeah. Right. Should I show that to patients from now on. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. It's going on our website. We'll yeah. right now. Do you have some, uh, Dana, some like, Magical Spitfire questions. Yeah, we're just going to Spitfire round. Um, and then so I'll, I'll do my do mine. After yeah, you. definitely. What is uh, your favorite word? <laughs> I want to answer these two. We should all answer these. I Everybody has to answer. Yeah. Them. Immediately, like all the cuss words I know popped in my head. Yeah, I know that's not not my favorite word. That's what I want to say. <laughs> What's your favorite word? Yeah, tangerine. Really, tangerine. It just sounds good, right? Like, yeah, I don't know, tangerine. What's your uh, What's your favorite city? Going by. Name, not necessarily by location. Ooh, going by name? Like what it like like mine would be Tallahassee, yeah. Just phonetically? Interesting. Kinda of like like Abu Dhabi sounds. There you go. Yeah. Abu that's Dhabi, yeah. That's good. Eve. San Diego? That's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I've never thought of that. <laughs> Did you have a favorite word? No. I mean I like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. See? There we go. My mom could not say that word. Wow. I feel so like they're doing a uh, Mary. They are the yeah, remake, uh, right? Emily Emily Blunt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. That um, might be a prequel. Maybe. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? <laughs> do I love? Yeah. What sound or noise? <laughs> Another quote. Remember Dumb and Dumber? What's the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> 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 I have like a white noise generator. I really like when I sleep. Yeah. yeah you have a white noise generator. Yeah. Just like a little. It's like a fan. In it. Just like a hum. Yeah. On a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? <laughs> Probably like a six. <laughs> Solid six. <laughs> Solid yeah. six. Yeah, I go at least a seven. Maybe on the on the harder side of average. <laughs> <laughs> I'm averagely weird. Averagely, yeah, yeah, just above, slightly above average. Uh, room, desk, or car? Which one are you cleaning first? Oof. Probably. Oh man, car. Car. <laughs> Usually none of the above. <laughs> I like Is that it. a choice? Yeah, you see my car. All right, those those were awesome. I like those. I'll have to absorb those. Maybe one of them into the podcast. Uh, all right, my Spitfire. What are you best at? Deadlifts. Deadlifts. Oh my goodness. Okay. What do you What do you suck at? Deadlifts. Oh, <laughs> snatching. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. 
I like how these in the context. Where his brain goes is yeah, strength immediate exercise. Straining my arm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. That's better. Yeah. What is the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness? You can only pick one thing. Exercise in some way. Like find what you enjoy and do that a lot. Probably more than you think you need to. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, we're, and we're talking about the general public. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Fun ones. What is your walkout song? I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been listening to the podcast. So, <laughs> I think I got two. So two I'd like to think it's um, the song called Twilight of the Thunder God by Amon Amart. It's like a death metal song. And like back in the day, in the powerlifting day, it's like, you know, you just listen to death metal. So <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's a good song for like getting pumped up. Realistically, like every time Firework by Katy Perry comes on, I hit a, <laughs> I hit a PR. <laughs> so, like 225 overhead press to firework 235 over press to firework like hit a 365 front squat to firework and it's awesome. just it just it pops on you can't like put it on right it has to come on its own and, and you have to be impromptu and you have to be yeah. ready to max yeah, out it has at to be at the right too. time yeah Got it. Well, i mean i think it was max out when it comes on now it's yeah <laughs> yeah comes on in my head you just sing yeah. it in the yeah. gym yeah i like uh miley cyrus mm-hmm. party in the usa uh, also good. One of my favorites. Yeah. So, so good your favorite cartoon I'm going to preface this one by like, there's been a lot of like, people are terrible about liking the show. Some of the fans aren't so good, but I really like Rick and Morty. It's uh, it's no, like, people love that show. Yeah. 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 So yeah. It's, pretty it's just, I don't know. Just JB's really a big tickles fan. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not for um, kids. If you weren't a healthcare practitioner, you weren't a PT, what would you be? Oh. Mm. I mean, no, I don't know if there's a plan B. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. The good Lord took your legs and gave yeah. PT. Well, I don't know. I guess maybe I would have joined the military again eventually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Coast Guard, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Right, fair enough. Uh, what's the last TV show you watched? Oh, uh, been watching Chuck recently. Um, it's about a like a, yeah, Chuck is just awesome. It's yeah. about a, like a normal guy that gets a spy thing put in his head. And yeah. it's, just it's similar to what's the show we we're just talking about. The John Krasinski one. Jack oh, yeah, Ryan. Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Yeah. It's like but, similar. But like, yeah. His, yeah. yeah. A little like mm. some slapstick humor. Last book you read? Um, shoot. Oh, so um, so I read a lot of like fantasy books. So a book series named uh, Cradle by a guy named Will White. It's like a self-published author, but they're really good. It's the like layers little, to Nate. He reads fantasy yeah, books. Cradle. Like a love that picture. Yeah. sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. It's really all I read at this one is fancy and sci-fi. It's, yeah. it's like the fun time. And research articles. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we know you do plenty of that. Yeah. All right, man. That was fun. It was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I well, think uh, we're probably going to have to do another one just to sure. continue. Yeah. I mean, we only got to pain and that was... Yeah, the- we got to talk about like low backgrounding <laughs> for like an hour. Oh, yeah. We could so. talk about uh, another one where squatting and like knees mm-hmm. over toes. That's another one you yeah. can do. There's, there's a lot of them. There's yeah. All right. Thanks, man. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell us what you think. Talk to you later. What's up, everybody? Eve here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Charleston podcast. If you did, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And please leave us any comments. We're always looking to improve or recommend a guest. Yes, we take recommendations. Also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us and our health and human performance clinic, where we do physical therapy and performance training, 
please go check out madetomovept.com. Again, that's made, the number two, movept.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.